Welcome, guys, to the Why God Wide podcast. My name is Aaron McGinnis, and we are here kicking off some interviews today. We're going to go through our hosts, and today I have with me Alyssa Matz. But before we get into our interview, what is Why God Why? Why God Why is kind of a space where you get to ask those questions that maybe you don't feel super comfortable asking in the church, but we want to provide a space where we can ask those questions. We can be honest, transparent, authentic, and work through those together. Um, And today I have one of our co-hosts, our host, Alyssa Matz, who's a wonderful human being. I'll just throw that out on the top. She's fantastic. And we get to interview her today. So I'm excited. Let's jump right in to the first question which uh, Peter sent to me. And I'm like, oh, this is an easy one. She can knock this out one, maybe two sentences. And it's this, Alyssa. Who is Alyssa Matz? Well, it all started in February of 1999. Okay. That was probably too too far back. Too far back. Okay. But there you go. Kind of fill in who you are. Yeah. Who is Alyssa Matz? I know. That's a huge question. Like, where do you even start when someone asks like, who are you? Um, but okay, let's start with, well, I'm Alyssa Matz. Um, I'll start with my job. So I work at Browncroft. Um, I have two jobs there. I am the family ministry coordinator and the congregational care coordinator. And I kind of split my time between each of those two jobs. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And that's it. That's who Alyssa Matz is. No, no that's let me, all, let that's me, all that defines <laughs> me as my job. No, I'm just kidding. Let me just ask uh, some more things. Um, family. What does your family look like? Yeah, yeah. Are you talking like, well, I'll start with, I'm married. So married to my husband, Ben. We've been married for almost three years now. Um, We're college sweethearts. So met in college, got married like pretty much after college during COVID. So that was Mm. fun. That was a whole journey. Um, Yeah. And then I have my mom, my dad. Um, I have a younger sister, an older sister, and an older brother. Gotcha. Big family there. Very nice. So tell me a little bit more about your husband, Benjamin Lewis Matz. His middle name's not that Lewis. Is I have not no idea what his middle name, name is. Benjamin Joseph, calling him out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Ben. He's amazing. Um, it's been great being married to him. Uh, he is a school social worker, um, an elementary school social worker. He loves it. The kids love him. He's so good at it. It's so fun to like see him and like hear his stories when he comes home from work. It's just, I could never do what he does, mm. but the way he does it is amazing. And then he serves with, Children on Sunday mornings too. I'm like, more power to you. Yes. Um, Real husband material there. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's super adventurous and sporty and fun. We play disc golf together. Um, we go on hikes together. We just hang out. We cook meals together. It's just, it's so fun being married to him. Like we're just fun. We get along. We're like best buds. Yeah, I do know Ben and he is an absolute treat. That He's a wonderful. <laughs> and you guys recently went on uh, kind of a vacation. Mm-hmm. What did that look like? Bring me in on that. Okay. So I don't want to call it a vacation. I want to call it an adventure. Oh my God. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Um, We went to Utah. Okay. And we stayed in a van. Did you, so you took the van, you drove it to different like monuments and things like that. Yeah. 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 But we like stayed, like we slept in the van. So you didn't get like an Airbnb? No, no, no. the, The van was 
our rental car and our Airbnb all in one. So we're talking van life stuff. Van life. Oh like my hashtag gosh. van life. Look so, it up on Instagram. Look it up on YouTube. <laughs> and so you're driving in this thing. You're sleeping in it. You're opening the door to the beautiful scenery yeah. of Utah. Oh my gosh. Like waking up and like looking at your door and like there's like mountains in the desert. Like the sunrise, the star, like it was Cause literally incredible. That could be someone's nightmare. Just saying. (laughs) I know. No civilization, nothing going on. (laughs) I joked that like, as a kid, I probably would have been like, oh my gosh, I hope I never have to live in the middle of a van in the desert one day. Like I probably failed at life if I have to do that. And like now as an adult, I'm like, I succeeded at life. The indicator of the good life. (laughs) If I get to live in a van in the middle of the desert one day. Okay. So I'm throwing out words, adventurous, Mm -hmm. spontaneous, Mm -hmm. Uh, go with the flow, mm-hmm. flexible, yep. uh, down for fun stuff. Yep. Is this tracking? Yeah, that okay. sounds like us. Yeah. Okay, nice. I did want to transition a little bit into kind of what you went to school for, and, which was uh, master's. You got your master's in social work. Master's of social work, yep. And how does that interact with like your role at the church or how you see the church and things like that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the reason I went into social work, honestly, was because I wanted to um, serve the Lord, like serve God. Um, I thought I wanted to get into like international social work or missions, which is why I got like my undergrad. Um, and then through those studies through like, a an independent study I did, I kind of learned that that's not the route that I wanted to take, um, with my bachelor's in social work. Um, but I did know that I wanted to like go on and get my master's. So while I was working on my master's in social work, I took the part-time job that was available at Browncroft and Family Ministry just so I could be working part-time while I was um, in grad school for social work. And um, what was really cool is that I needed an internship to graduate from that program. And because they were being flexible, because it was during COVID, I was able to do a work-based internship. And so I was able to do my um, grad school internship, my MSW internship at Browncroft. So I was able to do um, an internship with congregational care and um, that eventually turned into a job for me. And so that's how I can kind of do social work at the church, which was um, as I went throughout um, graduate school and everything, kind of a dream in the back of my head, like, oh, like the, the things that I'm doing in my social work classes, the things that I'm learning about, the things I'm passionate about, kind of align with like my faith and my personal values, like caring for people, helping the poor, serving others. Like it really just like lined up so perfectly that I'm like, why can't this and this just like come together and Mm -hmm. just be the same thing for me? And so I kind of had this dream like, oh, maybe when I'm old and experienced and uh, I don't know, I was like, maybe when I'm in my forties, like I can like, combine social work and the church somehow. Um, and I never even dreamed that it would happen like as mm-hmm. soon as it did for me. Mm-hmm. So it was really exciting when I got to like propose that idea and when it was like so gladly accepted and Browncroft had already had like a congregational care director in place that was like caring for the congregation. And I kind of got to just like step in underneath mm-hmm. that position and like bring in like my expertise in like mental health and like more of the social worky 
background mm-hmm. in that. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And yeah. I, I, I have to say, as the student director at Browncroft, we have appreciated Alyssa in so many ways. She just ran a book study on a book called Beyond the Spiral, where we they dove into the anxiety spiral and and what God has to say about that. Um, so the, the, we're really benefiting from your education mm-hmm. and who cool. you are, which is awesome. Take me, this is my last work thing, then we're going to get to the next question. How does family ministry fit into that and in terms of passion or th- yeah, that type of thing? Yeah. So like I had said, I took the family ministry job as kind of like a, oh, I'll just do it while I'm like working in grad school or, or while I'm doing grad school, like part time. But as I got into like the family ministry world and actually saw what it was all about, like um, equipping families to disciple their children and working with students in particular and um, just really seeing the big picture of what family ministry is and how I can be an asset to it. And like you said, with and combining it with like the mental health and um, things like that, I just kind of fell in love with family ministry. And now it's like, oh my gosh, I love, I love family ministry and I love mental health congregational care. So it's like, mm-hmm. I get to be in these two worlds that I... Yeah, which are often one world. Which are often one world because yep. so many of our kids and teens are struggling in areas like mental health. And it's important for the church to be a safe place for them to talk about and explore that area and to know that they can come to the church to get the help and the resources that they need. And it's not a place where you can't talk about those things or where it's shut down or where you're expected to be perfect, um, but a place that you can come and receive the help that you need and the genuine help you need to not just thoughts and prayers, but like actual counseling, actual resources, actual support in community, whatever you need. Um, and that starts when you're a kid and a teenager and to equip the parents to be able to step in in that way too. You I'll know, I'm just, no, I'm going to take that transcript. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it on the website. What you just said, it was so good. Um, I want to dive a little more. Uh, we've been doing personal, but very personal. And in terms of faith journey, mm-hmm. and, th- and that's my question for you. Uh, what has your faith journey kind of been? What are some key points along the way that have mm-hmm. gotten you to be now sitting in this seat, working for a church yeah. um, doing this? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. I feel like I could be here all day because it's basically my whole life. So I grew up in a Christian home. Um, Like my parents are both Christians and we went to church and um, grew up going to Sunday school every weekend and went to the church camps and um, all of the typical like Christian things, you know, youth group every week and serving on Sunday mornings in the nursery, like just the the cliche kind of like Christian upbringing, I would say. Um, But there was a point, um, there's been a few points in my life where I've really had to kind of, it's easy to go on autopilot or to um, default to Christianity when that's what you've grown up in. Um, And I I don't want to do that. And I've never wanted to do that. I never wanted to be like, oh, this is just what I am because this is what I've always known. Mm-hmm. I've wanted it to be my choice. And there's been a few points in my life where I've had to really say like, this is what I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a distinct time um, as a young person, um, like when I decided to um, like accept the Lord as my savior and get baptized for myself and um when I decided that that was my faith and not my parents' faith. And ever since then, um, the decisions that I've made kind of have 
come from myself and my heart with the Lord and not just because this is what we do as Christians or this is the home I was raised in. So yeah, that's been a struggle for me to like differentiate myself mm. um, amongst like, this is just what we do. And like, this is what I'm choosing to do. Another time that I had to do that was when I went to college and when I was off by myself um, for the first time. And when I had to make the choices to, um, to find a church to go to on Sunday morning, cause like no one was going to take me. I had to do that yeah. on my own. Wait, wait, and, and go into that a little bit. What yeah. did that look like? Yeah. For you. For me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that was actually a very pivotal moment in my life. That was probably one of the most pivotal, pivotal moments in like my faith journey. Um, if we're going to get a little bit more in the weeds here, um, because towards the end of high school, I would say, like I said, I had that reputation. I had that family that was a Christian. I was a Christian. My nickname in my AP Lit class um, was the preacher. That's nice. what they would call me because in all of my projects or all my presentations, I would put like a gospel spin on it. I would like say something related Amazing. to like the Bible. Like Unreal. I would, I like it, it was my nickname was the preacher. We all had different nicknames. There was like the farmer, the teacher, the preacher, but I was the preacher because that was my reputation because yeah. that's what I did. That's what I talked about. That's who I was. Um, but if I'm being honest, like I had one reputation, but my actions were like not living up to like my reputation. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I think my friends knew that too. I think that they knew my reputation and they knew my actions, um, which I feel like I need to like apologize for that in some sort of way because I was not acting like a Christian mm-hmm. for a few years in high school. And um, and yeah, that's a lot of times what Christians get accused of, right? Like being hypocrites and like saying one thing or presenting themselves in one way, but really doing other things behind the scenes. And that's what I was doing. And most of it was barely behind the scenes. Um, so I was doing that in high school because I had this reputation. I had this kind of protection of like my family is Christian. I'm Christian. I can kind of do whatever I want because that's my reputation. People are going to think of me as a Christian no matter what I do. So then going to college, I didn't have that protection. I didn't have that people know who I am. Um, people know that I'm a Christian. Um, I have a reputation. I had a completely blank slate. Mm -hmm. Like people didn't know me. Um, I went to Roberts Wesleyan college. I don't know if I said that. Um, but I kind of had to make a decision then and there to like, which way am I going to go? Am I going to keep like acting the way I've been acting or am I going to like follow what I truly believe is right and like, like own my faith. Mm -hmm. And that's when I like chose to own my faith and to, um, dig into my, my Bible to, um, find a home church to go to, to surround myself with other Christians who are making good choices and really like make my faith my own and like walk the walk and talk the talk. And you chose Browncroft, didn't you? Not at first. No, no. no. I went, I went to Calvary assembly. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It was close to, um, close to campus. Ben brought me to Browncroft yeah, when we started ben. dating. <laughs> he was like, you're going to have to choose between my church and your church. And I really like my church. And so I went to his church and that's why I'm at Browncroft. <laughs> wow. And you became a small group leader for teens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. The first 
The first Sunday I was at Browncroft, I met Trisha Yoder and she threw me up on the kids' stage. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Multiplying leaders. Yep. There you go. <laughs> love it. Well, let's move on to our last question as we start to wrap this up. By the way, that was wonderful. I'm so sorry. I, loved... I feel like I went on a very long rant no, there. No, that was great. But... I was along for the ride. That, yes. <laughs> that was really wonderful. Um, and it leads us to this last question of why, both why are you at the church, but why are you sitting in this seat wanting to co-host why God, why? Yeah. Um, yeah. How did, why did you choose? You could have said no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. You maybe even said, I want to be on this. And why is that? I think because, okay, if you know me, <laughs> I'm not a cliche person. Like I'm not like a stick a Christian bandaid on it person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like oftentimes that's what the church has done for a lot of the hard mm-hmm. questions that we're asking. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to answer the real questions. I think that's, I, we, I don't know if we talked about this, but I'm like Gen Z. Mm. So I, I like to be real. And I have friends who aren't Christians. I have friends who are on the fringe of Christianity and they're asking these real questions. And like, honestly, so am I, even though I am a Christian and I don't have all the answers. So I don't want like the cookie cutter answer. And I don't think the world does either. I don't think anybody does. I think we owe it to ourselves. I think we owe it to the Lord to like seriously dig in and have deep conversations Mm -hmm. about him and about faith. Um, I don't think we can just gloss over it with, you know, soft answers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pray more like just, Oh, it's right there. Let's cherry pick this verse. Like, I think we actually need to have these conversations. I think it's important. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm here because I think it's important. And because there's questions that I want answered too. And I'm like actually genuinely curious about, like the conversations that we're having here on the mm. podcast. Like I don't think of it as a podcast for others. I think of it as a podcast for me and the questions that I have too. Mm. That makes sense. Oh yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And I feel like even with your social work background, like digging into people's real stories and, yeah. and digging behind the, the question behind the question mm-hmm. in order to uncover what's truly going on. You're very interested. I'm get, gathering that you're yeah. very interested in that, yeah. which is really cool. We got to dig in deep, you know? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, and the last thing, is there anything else you'd like to add that you feel like it's worth people knowing about you uh, as you're going to be hosting anything? The floor is yours. I think I said everything about myself. Can you think of anything about me? Uh, you know how sometimes people think of things about you, but you can't think about yeah, yourself. And this is what I'll say. Alyssa is very good at calligraphy. And oh, if you <laughs> see a beautiful sign at Browncroft, just know that she has just been practicing and and doing it well I, <laughs> I don't know I appreciate that I like poetry I didn't mention anything about that oh, poetry yeah. is good too but like artistic like stuff photography and video so, like I like that stuff so maybe too. to my Editing. list of words I'll add like creative soul or something oh like I that. like that yeah interview with Alyssa Matz comma creative soul ah there it is no don't do that that's kind of weird weird. (laughs) well we are certainly we're excited to see you interview others and talk and get to hear your perspective on things so um, we'll be eagerly anticipating when you're hosting and there you have it guys Uh, I'm excited uh, for you guys to hear Alyssa in in episodes to come Um, keep on listening and there might be other interviews if you haven't seen them with the hosts go ahead and check those out and we'll be back on Why God Why next time alright we'll see ya Thank you.